If you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK or text TALK to 741741 at the Crisis Text Line. This episode is going to start a little different. We're going to start with an interview question. Listen to the question, pause, and come up with your own answer. It starts in three, two, one. What experience in your life has had the greatest influence on who you are today? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today we have another special guest, and he's going to introduce himself. My name is Tim Galdo. I uh, MC for RPM Productions in South Carolina, North Carolina, Louisiana, and uh, Alabama. I've also done Miss Teen USA, and uh, I continue to do random pageants here and there, but just happy to be involved in the industry. Awesome, Tim. Well, I'm so glad that I could have you on the podcast today. I want to dive deep right into all of the world of pageantry with you. So I actually got to witness you in action when I competed the year that Marley Stokes won Miss South Carolina Teen USA. And it was awesome. You are amazing on stage. I just want to go ahead and throw that out there. One of the best MCs I have ever seen. You should be doing Teen USA in USA every year. Just saying. Um, But I would love to get more of a point of view from your side. What is it like the feeling? What is it like being the MC at all these pageants? And have you ever had any sort of oops on stage? Not a Steve Harvey moment, but some type of oops. Uh, all the time, to be quite honest with you, and I don't think there's any host out there that's perfect. That you know, I, I think if you don't have those, you're not you're not human, you're not real. And I think having those every year, you know, I, I you know, in the four states every year, I guarantee you, there's going to be at least one. And it's what builds your character. It's, it's what builds your ability to figure out how to handle those moments. I think that's one of the biggest things. Is yeah, I've had some some pretty doozies of moments even before pageantry came into my life. Um, that have allowed me to kind of do what I do now. And yeah, there are moments where I do feel like I can handle, even if I completely biff something that I don't know if the crowd can even really tell that something happened. And so I just kind of am able to get through it. Now, there are still moments that are scary. Don't get me wrong. You know, when the auditors don't have the results and I've got to fill time for 10 minutes or shut the show down or whatever, or we have girls who have either collapsed on stage, passed out on the on the risers. I mean, there's all kinds of moments that are, you know, you can't really prepare for. And so, you know, the more and more you do, and, you know, I've done hundreds and hundreds of shows, um, you get that experience and that, you know, ability to just figure out how to overcome those obstacles and challenges and adversities that you experience on stage. And I think when you do that, everybody else feels a lot more comfortable on stage because they know you've got it. It's kind of like the pilot of a plane. If I take the plane down, everybody's going down with me. But if I keep the plane flying, everybody's going to be like, okay, he's got it. We're good. Let's just keep going. And I think that, you know, for a lot of the girls, that's what it is, is they feel comfortable that I'm in control of it and I'm not going to let them fall fall or fail. And if they do, I'll take the embarrassment upon myself. And I think that's one of the big things that I've always tried to let the girls know is that, you know, even if somebody falls, I'm going to walk out there and you know, pick them up, have the crowd cheer for them, take it upon myself to kind of take the attention off of them and just move on to the next girl and keep things moving. So it's not like this big focus. So I hope that answers the question. Absolutely. And with you being an MC for the RPM, which one is your favorite to MC every year? 
Uh, different ones for different reasons. I can't sit here and say one state's perfect. So Louisiana has the best crowd. I always say that to everybody. They do. The Cajuns just bring it every year. They're super loud. They're super into it. And, uh, you know, that makes the experience for the girls really good. And I feed off that energy. You know, the bigger the crowd, the louder the crowd, the better for me. That's just kind of how I work. I don't know why I'm built that way, but that's just what it is. Uh, best pageant. Yeah. All right. So North Carolina top five is always a bunch of studs. It just is. They are. I mean, there's a reason North Carolina has been in the top 10 and even one in the last couple of years. They just it's top five. And then it kind of, you know, to be honest, it kind of tapers off after that. So it's not what I would call a deep bench. You know, the top 15 aren't always super strong, but that top five every year, every, you know, more of the best in the country by far. South Carolina is the deep bench. The whole pageant is great. Like everybody that comes is. You know, they come from families that have competed in pageants for generations, and they just they just really bring good, solid talent across the board. And so you never know who's going to take those. I mean, there's never a runaway candidate that walks in the door, even if they are the runner-up the year before. You always know that there's going to be people that come to South Carolina that are there to win and compete and, and be really, really good. And so I would give that to that one. Um, Alabama is usually the biggest. Um, I think when I started with RPM the year that you competed, I think we were at 105 contestants. Now, I, apparently way before I competed, they were doing 150, 180 um, in some of the states. And so you can see how over the years, pageantry is not quite as popular as it used to be. So, I mean, if we're hitting 80 to 90 now, that's a big pageant. That's great. You know, and those are big numbers for us. But you know, a lot of the times we're in that 50 to 70 range, which still is a good pageant. Nothing wrong with that. It's just when you have a lot of girls, there's just a lot of energy, a lot of fun. And it just makes everything, you know, it's kind of like the crowd. The bigger the crowd, the more fun. And it's kind of like when you have more contestants, it's more fun because there's just such a wide range of uh, competition out there that it makes it fun to watch. Out of all the RPM girls that you've ever, you know, emceed for and the girls have won, who has been your favorite title holder? It can be a teen and a miss or just one. <laughs> oh, man, you're asking a tough question. I don't know. I know the girls are going to be hard to this one. Um, man, you know, I got to <laughs> – I'll give it to Catherine Hike. You know, we – and the reason I give it to Catherine Hike is I joined RPM of the year that she was already – had been crowned Miss Teen USA. And so – you know, when I walked in, they were like, you know, she's super special. Take good care of her. And so we did. We kind of developed this bond. I watched her go through that entire year. I went to the Venetian in Vegas when she gave up her crown. We became very good friends. I'm very good friends with her family. She's been at a ton of the pageants with me. When I did Miss Teen USA, she was a judge. And so we just, we have that tight bond. And I still talk to Catherine all the time. And she's kind of like a daughter to me. And so, you know, because of that very first initial experience, and just her being who she was at the time, I think that, you know, solidified a bond for us that still exists to this day. I was able to watch her graduate LSU, so I, I watched her her entire college career. And so now she's a young adult. You know, she's got a very serious boyfriend. I think they very well may get married. And so it's just been fun to watch her grow as a young woman. And I think, you know, now that I literally will be going into my eighth year, I literally have watched some of these girls grow from, like, little girls into women. 
and you know some of them started winning titles that i used to they used to come up to me after the pageants at the door of the lobby at the hotel and say can i take a picture and they were little girls and i still had pictures like that and now they're winning titles and it's just yeah it's interesting it makes me feel old too but at the same time and it's exciting to just watch them go through their career. So recently, the Miss Universe organization had released a big statement about how they were opening up it to the eligibility of women that are married and possibly have kids. What is your opinion on that? And do you think as a Miss USA title holder that that is something that's actually going to work? I don't like it. And it's not that I don't like that category of people but there's pageants for all those people like why I, I, it sound it feels to me like a desperation move by miss universe like to, to recruit more people uh if i'm being quite honest i don't care about the inclusivity and the diversity and all the garbage they keep spewing out and menstrual equity and all this crap that just doesn't make any sense to anybody i don't really understand why they're doing it and i don't think it's affecting the community very well i can tell you that most girls that i've talked to that are either even current title holders are not real happy about it and, you know, I talked to a lot of the moms. Well, you can imagine when these announcements are made, my phone blows up all the time. What do you think of this? What? You know, and I'm always like, you know, here's what I think. Uh, I always justify whatever I take, you know, based upon my experience. And then when it comes to, you know, ideological type decisions that they're making, I, you know, my truth is the Bible and that's it. And if it conflicts with what God says in the Bible, then I'm not in agreement with it. And if they have a problem with that, take it up with God. Sorry. No, I I absolutely, I'm with you on that one. I was very shocked when I saw that. And I also had to giggle a little bit that their graphic had misspelled a word. And then in the caption, they put that, which word it was, I think it was accepting. They put too, too many E's or something. And I just was like, okay, what intern released this? Like, this is not good. To be a universe organization, that was just from my like side of thinking like branding wise, like I would fire the intern that posted the social media post that had an incorrect spelling. You, I mean, it's Canva. It takes 10 minutes to redo it, respell it correctly, and then do it again. I was just shocked that they released a statement that bold with misspelling. That was the funny part of it. I was shocked. Well, look, I mean, you know, look, I've worked for the Mr. Universal Organization. Obviously, I did Miss Teen USA. I was hired by Paula Shugart and Jonathan Seiden um, with Endeavor. Endeavor owns Miss Universe. Uh, Endeavor is owned by a private equity group called Silver Lake Partners. I don't know who controls what, you know, if I'm being honest, but I can tell you the Miss Universe staff is small. You know, Miss Universe sounds like this big, huge organization. It's no bigger than most small businesses these days. And so, you know, I don't know who's controlling the narrative. I don't know who's telling them what they have to do or not have to do. Um, you know, I don't always believe it's the people that you think it is, you know, the, the Paulas and the, the crystals of the world. I don't know. But all I can tell you is a lot of the moves they've been making have not been uh, making them any better. I don't think it's improving the industry. And I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily going to recover, to be quite honest with you. I mean, we saw what happened to Miss America. They tried to go their own way. And, against what everybody kind of wanted to do and it failed miserably and now they're kind of really a, a dinosaur that's falling apart uh, miss usa is still hanging in there but you know even the girls that are competing right now i'm, I'm just going to tell you straight out i get messages all the time that I, i'm thinking about not doing this anymore you know i just don't love what they stand for it doesn't align with my values my morals my ethics and while there's the vanity aspect of it and the the 
you know, the fame aspect of it, I, to be quite honest with you, I think it's faded for a lot of girls. I mean, it, you know, the, the, the 2000s of the, when Trump owned it, the shandy finnesies of the world and that type of approach, it's just not there anymore. I mean, Miss USA is not well known. Unless you follow pageantry and you watch the pageant, whatever network it was on or not on, you don't really know much about her. I mean, she's not making big red carpet appearances. She's not going to big events where you can see and know her name and her face. And I think that's what used to be the draw. Now, I also realized, and this is the argument I always hear, yeah, but under Trump, she was just basically a pretty bimbo. Well, okay, fine. Let's start there. They've evolved from that. And now, yes, she has more of the Miss America background of you know intelligent, smart, able to own a business, all this type of stuff. That's great. But what's the reason most people watch pageantry? It's not for the answer. It's pretty girls. It just is. And if you're offended by that, I'm sorry, but that's what it is. It's vanity. It's the world we live in. And, you know, I think as much as a lot of girls don't want to admit it, that's why they compete. They want to be the pretty girl on the stage. Great. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to that. I don't care. I mean, I think we all want to feel like we look good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's human nature. But, you know, I, I think they keep trying to tear down that one specific thing that has always been the foundation of what a pageant is. It's pretty girls walking across the stage. And if you don't like that, then don't compete. Exactly. And another thing that has popped up recently is the Miss Volunteer America system. So Allison Marcus, you know, broke off from the Tennessee organization of Miss America. Have you looked into or kind of seen what the volunteer system is doing? And do you think that it possibly could be the next big Miss America 1.0? I, I think it's possible. I, I just I don't know how much Miss America is going to be able to recover the, the, the entire system. I like what they're doing. I know Shandy has participated with them in a couple of their pageants, and, and Shandy's very, very open and honest about how she feels about Miss America. Um, I, I don't know. I, I haven't really dealt with them that much. I haven't heard anything from them in terms of like you know needing to MC anything or anything. So I don't know a lot about them. I thought what Miss America did and, and where they went with Gretchen Carlson and how that whole thing played out was just a. It couldn't have been more of a disaster, and I think they really, really hurt the entire reputation of anything associated with America. So even if it's volunteer America, I mean, you still have that name attached to it that is now scarred heavily. I appreciate what they're doing with the volunteer America stuff. I've, I've heard a lot about it and I, you know, I have respect for Allison for branching off and doing something on her own, but, you know, building a new pageant. I mean, you got to remember America and USA have been around for decades. And, and in America's case, a hundred years. You don't just build a pageant in five, ten years. That's this icon that everybody watches, and there's no nationwide. It just doesn't happen that way, especially not in today's culture. And so that's why, you know, when I say I don't know if it can recover, USA and America is the icons. They are, and they took decades to get there. You know, America's. Uh, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, Miss America was a big deal to watch. You know, it was hosted by like Bob Barker and uh, some of the bigger hosts back then. And then USA, you know, once Trump took a hold of it, I mean, he ran with it. And, and whether you loved him the way he did it or not, the guy freaking marketed the hell out of it and he made it into something that everybody loved watching and being a part of. And ever since he's let go of it, you know, it, it's faltered. And, uh, you know, not to say anything against Endeavor, but I think Endeavor has a lot bigger things that they're doing that Miss Universe is just not a 
priority for them. And I don't blame them for that. I mean, they own the UFC. The UFC is doing a lot better than Miss Universe is. So you got to look into what, what are people's priorities that actually own the organizations, the big ones. And unless people take over who that is their sole priority and they make it everything, they put everything they got into it, I just don't know if they can recover. And I, I know there are people out there, groups out there even, that want to take over these organizations, but I just don't know if Endeavor or Miss America will let go. I just, I don't know. I don't know how deep and ingrained that little mafia is of people that they refuse to give up. What do you think move-wise that patents could make to make pageantry more relevant in today's time? Relevant? That's a tough one because it's such a divisive culture these days. You know, relevancy isn't what it was in the 1980s and 1990s, even the 2000s. Um, you know, I mean, I, I probably would put that question back to you as a, as a, as a pageant contestant or competitor because relevant matters to the girls who are actually competing. You know, I'm more of an observer or, you know, in my case, a host. So I'm not the person who's actually saying, I want to sign up and do that. So I think I would have to ask the girls to say, like, what makes it what you want to do? And for the most part, if I really dig into people and I force them to be honest with me, and this is everything from state title holders down to, you know, little girls who are sitting in the audience, they just want to be the, the pretty girl up on stage that gets the attention. I mean, if we just dig into the core of what it is all about. That's usually what it comes down to. And, and some people are like, that's way too simple. Is it? Is it really? I mean, you know, you don't dream of competing in a pageant when you're five years old because you want to be the CEO of a company. You're thinking about, that's good. That'd be fun. I want to be the pretty girl up there in the pretty dress. I mean, my little girl's four years old. And when she watches the pageant, she says, Daddy, look at the pretty girls in the pretty dresses. That's all they're thinking about. They don't know anything else at that point. And I think it's the little girl in all of you that still kind of attaches to that, that feels that, that says, I want to do that. And that's okay. There's Again, there's nothing wrong with that. But the fact that we continue to fight that and try to put uh, uh, implement all these other things into it that take away from that, I think that's why you see either the numbers going down or girls just saying, you know, I'm just, I think I'm going to back away. I'm not going to compete anymore. Something really interesting that your daughters have is their names. So would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about where they got their names? Well, my oldest uh, got her name from pageantry, and I'll, I'll explain how it happened. So in 2017, I'm pretty sure it was 2017, we went to Miss USA. So it was all the state title holders uh, from the previous year, my wife, and we all sat together, and I think we were in the third or fourth row. And there was a competitor from Utah named Teal Murdoch. And I looked at my wife and I'm like, I love that name. Now, why do I love it? I have alliteration in my name, TT, Tim Tialdo. My sister had it, Trisha Tialdo. And we just love alliteration in our family. And so I was like, I was looking for a unique name that wasn't just normal. And I loved the name. It was spelled with an E, so it wasn't just the color. And I look at my wife and I'm like, I love it. She's like, I love it too. And so we named our daughter and I even called Teal Murdoch and I said, Hey, would you mind if we named our daughter after you? And she was like, I would be honored. And so we did. And so my daughter's name is Teal Tialdo. And then my other two daughters weren't related to pageantry. Uh, my second daughter's name is Collins. We got that one from the movie, The Blind Side. Collins Tui was the name of the daughter in the movie. Um, and then our third one is named Georgia. 
and we liked that Southern Belle name and just very classy and pretty. And my wife just kind of kept sending that one to me. And I was like, okay, let's go with it. So Teal Collins, Georgia. That is so awesome. I love that. Yeah. Danielle Phelps was poking at me. and She's like, you have to ask him. You have to ask him about the names. And so I was like, fine, I will ask him about the names. But going back to more of your side of pageantry, how did you get into the pageant world? What what was Tim like before pageantry? All right. Well, let me take you through just a little clip notes of my career and it'll kind of show you where I got into it. So my very first job uh, was a uh, actually at Access Hollywood. I spent nine months there on a, I completed my Hollywood credit hours at my school in Hollywood working at Access Hollywood. Then I went to my first news anchor job in Clarksburg, West Virginia. In Clarksburg, West Virginia, the uh, station that I worked for was WBOY TV. Every year they live broadcasted Miss West Virginia America and two of the anchors at the station would get to host. Well, I was all in. I was like, yeah, I want to host. Like, that's interesting to me. And so I got to host it with the other anchor at the station. And that was in 2001. So that's how old I am. You know, that's going back like 21 years. Uh, that was my very first pageant I ever did. And I was live on television. It was a whole weekend. Um, you know, and America is a much longer pageant than a USA pageant. Uh, the next pageant I did was in 2005. I was an anchor in Springfield, Missouri at a station called KYTV. I got to uh, anchor, or uh, I'm sorry, host uh, Miss Missouri America uh, in Mexico, Missouri. So that was it for pageantry for a while. I ended up getting into, uh, in terms of hosting, uh, the bodybuilding and fitness world came to me. A, a competitor that was a friend of mine said, would you host? And I was like, I know nothing about it, would be interested. And I ended up spending 10 years there and got up to the pro level and was doing pro shows and a lot of big shows. And then I just kind of wanted to get out of that industry. Well, in 2014... A woman by the name of Lisa Wilson, who was a former Miss Georgia USA, I think she was second runner-up at Miss USA, and she was also a finalist on American Idol, was a friend of mine, and called me and said, there is a production company here in the South who has four states who is looking for a male host. Would you be interested? I'd like to recommend you. Um, and I said, sure, would, would love it. I'm certainly interested. So uh, I talked with uh, Ryan and Paul Miles. So uh, we did some phone interviews and kind of talked about how we both worked and what we both expected and how we prepared and et cetera. And uh, they took a chance on me. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't think it could have worked out better. I mean, we're like family now. And uh, I drive, geez, I'm doing my eighth year. So that's uh, 60 some pageants or something that we've done and, and crowns title holders. And so it's been a, a, a wonderful journey and I have loved every minute of it with RPM and, uh, you know, I tell Paul this jokingly, but I'm like, I do this for free. Like I, I just enjoy coming and doing these. I, I, it's not about the money. It's not about the job. It's not about me. It's just, it's a family. It's, you know, and I, I, I've had jobs like that where it is like a family and like you would look forward to going to work and that's how it is. I mean, you know, when the pageant season comes along, I'm excited. And uh, I know the girls are excited. The miles are excited. And so when we all get together, it's a good time. And uh, you know, I look forward to this January and March and uh, February. So with being a part of the RPM, recently Chesley Crest had passed, and I know that you were really close to her, and I would like to just chat a little bit about some happy moments that you two may have shared together 
or anything you'd like to share about her for the listeners out there? Because I know she was a huge inspiration for me. I know if you had her listening, that was one of the people that they looked up to the most. So if you want to share some little fun stories. Yeah, I'm happy to share the backstory of why and how we became so close because I didn't know Chesley before the pageants. And uh, I think it was, it may have been that first year I, I hosted North Carolina, which I think was the same year you competed in South Carolina. Um, she was, actually I have a picture right here. She was Miss South Charlotte. And she did not have the hair that you all know her for. She had it flat. And, but, you know, she was in good shape and she just carried herself well. And I, I just remember thinking to myself, I'm like, this girl's got some potential. And I think she finished fourth runner up that year. And uh, I remember pulling her aside and I was like, you know, I, I like you. I'm like, you definitely come back. There's definite potential here. And I think you just, you know, keep working at it. You'll definitely be there. Well, uh, she came back, I think it was the next year, and she brought the hair. And I'll never forget. I was just like, where, why did you not wear this before? Like, this is a maid, like, this is beautiful hair. And she was like, I was concerned what people would think. And I'm like, think of what? I'm like, you should be on a Pantene commercial. Like, this is gorgeous. So uh, she did not finish in the top five. And that was a, a real tough pill to swallow for her. I mean, she had come from the America system. She's a super competitive person, if you've ever known her. I mean, she was very competitive in uh, track and field and debate. Uh, just, a, you know, her mom's a very competitive person. I mean, they're just, they're nice people and they're just strong. And so, you know, that was a, a, a real uh, moment for her where she had to kind of dig in and think about it. And I remember she called me in the off season and she said, I just wanted to talk to you about what you thought. And, uh, you know, kind of what, uh, she's like, I'm still debating on what I want to do. And uh, she had taken a year off. She got into the debate uh, deal at South Carolina, and I think they won like a national title. And so that was a good year off for her. But, you know, I think she was just concerned about the judges and what they thought. And should she wear the hair? Should she not wear the hair? What could she do differently? Uh, was there bias? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. And those were questions and, and topics that we dealt with and talked about. And I understand it. I mean, in today's culture, it's, it's definitely a relevant topic that we had to cross. And so we've had some tough conversations. Uh, but Chesley always knew that I would be straight with her and I wouldn't BS with her. And, uh, you know, we became tight because of that. And I really enjoyed her mom. I always talked to her mom when she came to the pageants. And uh, I told her, I think it was after she didn't get the top five. I said, you can win Miss USA. I said, I absolutely believe that. And so she came back the next time and she won. And I know you all remember that. And she had flat hair when she won. I don't know if you remember that. And she had a green dress. And uh, I said, Step one is done. Now it's one more. And so, you know, it was it was emotional because it was like, you know, when you believe in somebody and you tell them that and they actually start living it, it's pretty cool. And you start to, you know, you, you, you well up inside sometimes when you see them doing that. Well, we went to Miss USA, and that was the year I hosted Miss Teen USA. So that was 2019. Teen USA was on, I think, a Wednesday, and I hosted it that night. I flew home and I promised her I would come back, uh, all four of them, all four of the title holders. I'm like, I promise I'll come back and watch you guys. And so I flew back from Denver to Reno Tahoe, I think that, uh, what was that, Saturday or Sunday morning. And I got together with uh, the Miles and then all the state directors. We all had lunch at one of the little places there in the casino. And I'll never forget it was, uh, I can't think of Randy's last name. He owns a bunch of the pageants up in the Northeast. He said, who you got tonight? And I go, North Carolina all the way. And he's like, really? And he's like, that's pretty confident. And I said, you watch. I said, if she makes the top five, she will destroy it. And that's exactly what happened. And it was a, you know, one of the few times I can say I made a prediction and it came true, but it was cool. And I've got a picture here of 
hugging her on stage afterwards, and it was uh, one heck of a moment. Probably one of the best I'll remember in my pageantry career. Yeah. One of the things that when she went to compete at Universe, she had her hair flat. I remember screaming at the TV of like, who let her do that? I was so mad, and I was like, we need the hair. <laughs> I was so angry. But well, here's what she told me. Here's why she told me she did that. She said, I, I didn't want to reveal the hair until the night of the pageant. She's like, it's, she's like, I almost wanted to be like a buildup. She's like, I knew people knew I had it, but she's like, I, I didn't really want to let anybody see it. And then she's like, the morning of, we went for it, and and it was, it was beautiful. Oh, absolutely. And I just, I wanted to bring that, tie this in some way because I just knew that was somebody very important in the pageant world that you had the chance of being really close with and getting to know over the years. So I definitely wanted to tie that in, especially with the RPM family. But before we end the podcast, I like to ask everyone the same final question. So in what way has pageants positively impacted you? Um, I think I would go in uh, probably in terms of service. And the way, the reason I say that is pageantry for me is not really a job. It's more like a ministry, if I'm being honest with you. And I, I know you've been backstage with us. You know, I always pray before the pageants. I talk with the girls and, you know, I've been able to share Christ with a lot of girls. And it's not that I literally go into the pageant thinking like that's my goal, but, you know, there are a lot of girls who, you know, they don't pray. And so they'll come up to me afterwards and they're like, I've never done that before. That was interesting. And I just, I'd love to know more. And so we'll get into deep conversations about God and the Bible and Christ. And, you know, that's, I've, I've watched girls really grow through that and in that. And I, I could not ask for a better way to, to walk out of this world than to know that I was a, a disciple for Christ and, you know, that I was out there sharing his word and, and, you know, pushing people towards him because that's literally the job that he left us with. And so that's, if anything, it's, I get to be able to do that and, and watch young women grow in that and in a world that basically rejects that in many ways. And so, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be that warrior for Christ, if you will, in the pageantry world. And I do feel like in many ways, in the state of pageantry, I am one of those warriors out there who are battling for the good fight. And some people might not think that, I don't know, but I feel very good about what I do and where I do it and how I do it. And I think if you asked any and every title holder and girl that I have dealt with, I think they would probably all tell you the same thing, but that's you know completely up to them. But I know you've been there to experience it firsthand, so you know what I'm talking about. I absolutely have. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining in today. And for all those out there listening, if you ever have any questions on your journey, I bet you Tim would be happy to help. But also, I just want to thank you for sharing your stories and especially talking about Chesley. I really appreciate that just because that's somebody that I absolutely looked up to. And I just love hearing happy stories about her sharing your name of your daughter's stories, but also telling us a little bit more about the RPM. So if there are any girls out there interested in competing for the USA titles for North Carolina, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Alabama, definitely check out the RPM. I highly recommend, but you know, guys, you never know what happens in the future. So I guess you'll have to check out next week on another episode of the crowning moment. Bye guys.